2: It is hour three. It is Backbone Radio, May 22nd, 2022. So honored you are here. And Casey Bloyer, the Bloyer brothers are coming up next, and they just mentioned to me uh, that Breckenridge got over two feet of snow. Breckenridge, my favorite ski area right now. Two feet of snow. Well, A Basin might be my favorite. I don't know. I ski them all. I'm an extreme skier, as my Twitter handle says. But two feet of snow at Breckenridge and they're not open, so you can't ski on it unless you maybe go over there and climb up it. And I don't know, it's such heavy snow that the avalanche risk and danger, maybe you don't want to necessarily do that. And I am hoping I can get one more day at a base and they're still open before the end of the year. But thank you for that. You don't want to miss the lawyers. They're coming up after Backbone. And I want to do and trace and sketch the amazing arc of Elon Musk here a bit in this hour. But um, just a few thoughts as a leading in to the arc of Elon Musk, which is a hero story. A hero story, a South African immigrant who would like to have a little free speech in this country to help save civilization. Now look what they're doing to him, the evil people. They really are evil. That's why we have to get together, hang out at places like the Western Conservative Summit, the Rebel Alliance, get us together. But anyway, I was thinking about this. When, um, whenever you see something about like Earth Day, or whenever you hear stuff about like global concerns and the planet, when you hear the planet is mentioned, um, or when you hear about stuff like about pandemics and pandemics are kind of a global issue, what uh, do do you notice? Your reflex kind of has a little uh, a little hitch in it. You think, okay, they're talking about global issues and the planet. This is some of the way I think our globalists, the people that you know are the WEF, the U n, the WHO, they have found ways to get us to think about the planet itself and the world itself and and not to think about uh, like the borders and the distinct nations and distinct countries within it. Does this make sense? And just this is just kind of popping into my head as I speak. But apparently there's some push on. In uh, a few countries are going for it where, like, the WHO is going to be granted more power and more authority to basically decide and tell different nations what to do in the event of an upcoming pandemic. And uh, apparently Britain is all on board with this. Apparently Australia is all on board with this. And apparently, as far as I know, Joe Biden is all on board with this, ceding American sovereignty in a pandemic scenario to the WHO. And the WHO is corrupt to the max, to the gills, wholly owned by China at this point in time. And a really disgusting bunch of people that uh, made every call wrong going back to our COVID pandemic. You remember that? There's a monkeypox thing that is being talked about, uh potential monkeypox pandemic. I haven't done a whole lot of digging into it other than to see that There's a big report over at the National Pulse, Rahim Kassam's publication, that talks about uh, the good folks at Wuhan. The Wuhan Institute for Virology have been doing some research on monkeypox lately. Oh, great. That's great. Dude, that doesn't sound good at all. So people need to understand that American sovereignty is the most important thing. The American Constitution and the American way of life, we have succeeded. We have figured out the best possible way to do it. We've got the best country. And other countries, no, they have not figured it out. Not figured it out. But unfortunately... You know, we have people on top of this country who have, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants like the George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ronald Reagan and even Donald Trump. They want to throw American sovereignty overboard to some ever band of faceless bureaucrats we can find in some faceless bureaucrat agency, yeah, the World Economic Forum or the World Health Organization or United Nations. There's always these people that live here in America that don't understand the magic and the glory and the wonders of this place that we have here, that we have built here, that we have sacrificed for, that we love dearly, and that our Constitution has organized in a way that benefits human prosperity, human happiness, not just the pursuit of it, but the achievement of it. And when you start throwing all of that away by saying, no, we have to think about the planet, and we have to think about, oh, of course, climate, you know, the climate stuff, that's all planet stuff, that's all Earth stuff, but yet... Whenever a crisis comes up in the world, whenever there is a catastrophe, whenever there is a pandemic, whenever there is an environmental issue, you know, it is America and the American constitutional system that will tend to handle it best. Now, I don't think that applies to COVID. But in general, if you look at the way America handles its environmental issues and concerns, it does far better than all the rest of the world and far better than like the Soviet Union ever did or China has ever done. I've spent some time running around Beijing and Shanghai and breathing that brown yellow cloud of just polluted atmosphere around there. We've got it figured out here. We need to be more like us and the rest of the world. We do not need to be more like the rest of the world. If the rest of the world was smart, they would try to be more like us. But of course, they're not smart, and there's all kinds of corruption, and there's ways that they will never get there. They will, they will never achieve America-like brilliance, right? Of course, it's all on the line here. and we're, we're losing it here, and you feel the nation under strain and falling apart and coming apart at the seams in so many ways. But I just, somehow, this was popping into my head that we have to understand the uniqueness of America, and the greatness of America, and we have to do everything we can to maintain it and be sovereign over our nation, our history, our legacy, our future, and be very, very wary of the people that come out talking about global this, Earth Day this, pandemic this, WHO, UN, WEF, right? Does this make sense? And it makes sense to you if you do understand the Yes, the uniqueness of America and what our Constitution has brought to human prosperity in our oh, 200-some year history. Okay, Now, throwing that over, I'm just amazed that people want to throw that overboard and think of ourselves as planetary stuff because all that does is open us to be ruled By, yes, nameless, faceless bureaucrats and by power-obsessed, power-mad people who do not have a bone of compassion in their hearts, though they will ooze it in their public statements and public pronouncements, the best way for us to run the world is to let each nation figure it out for themselves. That's my opinion. And I say that America has figured it out pretty darn well up until here lately. So, again watch out keep it here and it was great american eric who pointed this out to me last week he called in and talked about yeah the who gonna take our sovereignty and be given more authority and more power in the next the next pandemic type scenario and uh yeah i guess by the way i do have a clip on this tucker carlson did mention this um
1: who ceding power ceding sovereignty let's hear this this is a power grab It's dangerous. It is, by the way, a reward to the very people who screwed up two years of COVID response. Oh, let's give them more power. This is lunacy. And people who know that it's happening are upset. 125,000 people in the UK have just called for a referendum on this treaty. They signed a petition. In democracy, that would matter. You get to petition your government, you remember, but the British government doesn't care what they think. And now there's the Biden White House. In this country, there's been very little pushback because most people have no clue this is happening. We didn't, until a bunch of people bothered us about it. You should look into it. We did, and we're shocked. We didn't know because our media isn't covering this. It's not on the front page. Why is that? <laughs> you have to ask yourself. There is at least one planned legal challenge to this, and it comes from Stephen Miller's group, America First Legal. Here's what's at stake, not just your health, But the way that you live and your relationship to the government, representative government requires your consent. You alone have the right to choose your representatives, your style of government, the laws under which you live. That is called democracy. And this eliminates it. And
2: hopefully that is helping bring this point home it's sovereignty sovereignty is the key thing and that is what the left absolutely despises is sovereignty they want to blend us into some massive global bureaucrat run type government governance that has nothing to do with democracy nothing to do with representative democracy and i say no thank you to any and all of that we'll be back we'll talk elon and the callers talk 710 KNUS listen live on odyssey
0: now more backbone radio with matt dunn news talk 710 KNUS denver's local talk leader
2: all right welcome backbone radio next segment here and yeah did a little primer primer on globalism there and i'm starting to really think about those issues in more detail in the arc of elon musk i think uh, you have to add that into this mix. And what an amazing hero story we have brewing here with Elon Musk. And one thing you're noticing is that I have long held that to live in America right now is essentially to live in prison. We are living in a gulag right now. You might think you are free. You might think you are living a life of freedom and liberty when actually, no, you are living a life of servitude And you have to realize that your freedom is presently and currently an illusion. We are allowed a certain measure of autonomy and a certain measure of freedom. We're allowed to wander about the cabin a little bit. But whenever any of us walks a little too far to the edge and touches a prison bar then you get jolted and sparked with how many volts and amps of electricity because, oh, no, you are not allowed to do that. I'm sorry, we cannot allow you to do that. Whenever there was a threat to the ruling class, to the political establishment, when they decide that the threat has gotten big enough, large enough, and must be dealt with, oh, they come down on you like a ton of bricks. And that is what's going on with Elon Musk right now. That he talked about, uh, hey, I like free speech. I think free speech is an important thing to help save civilization. And so he bought 9.2% of, of Twitter. And we we're like, hey, this is cool. you know. Then pretty soon he buys the whole thing. It's still pending that deal. Talking about, hey, I want to have free speech. I think it's a really uh, important to have a neutral, trusted town square for people to debate issues in this country. And then, man... They said, Elon, sorry, we can't let you do that. And Elon starts talking about, wow, you know, um, looks like some people are attacking me. He said, expect personal attacks on me to start increasing. And you'll notice that the day he purchases Twitter, the next day the establishment announces the Ministry of Truth, the Orwellian Ministry of Truth. It's going to leap into action to censor and control speech in this country, unauthorized communications. And then Elon Musk said, well, gosh, I'm going to start voting Republican now. I'm going to go from being a moderate Democrat to being a moderate Republican. And um, then the very next day. There's a sex scandal that somehow pops up out of the ether against Elon Musk, something about in 2016 that happened with some flight attendant or something that Elon says did not happen. And, of course, I would agree that it never did happen. But, oh, you see, you can't start to threaten the establishment or the elites or the ruling class. You can't threaten us with free speech. We're going to have to start uh, going after you in every way, six ways from Sunday, Chuck Schumer to his immortalized credit, said six ways from Sunday is what they did to Trump. You know, yeah, you, uh, you're you not allowed to vote for Donald Trump. You're not allowed to have Donald Trump be your president. Look what they did to him. He showed us the prison we are living in. He exposed the prison walls, the prison dimensions. And Donald Trump has been fighting back with gusto every single day ever since And he has made huge progress and he has weakened the elites, the ruling class, the establishment, the late republic hangers on. And it looks like we have another fellow showing up, the richest man in the world. Elon Musk is joining the fight against the ruling class and the elites and the establishment. And I'm starting to think Trump has weakened them considerably and exposed them considerably. I wonder if Elon Musk can show up and help deliver the coup de grace. Yeah, the sort of finishing touche kind of blow, and they are weaker than we than, than people realize. They are weaker, they are more desperate, they are more nervous, and yes, they are getting more dangerous than people realize. Oh, throw in a little Tucker Carlson in the mix as far as the PR goes, and I do think we're starting to get somewhere, but is that not amazing? Like what they did to Trump, whether they're doing it to Elon, right? And Elon does not like to be bullied. He does not like to be treated in a certain way by bullies. And that's one of the things that he said in his Babylon Bee interview I played around here a few months back, that he doesn't like bullies. He was bullied as a kid in South Africa. And I don't think he took to it well. And I think when you start getting the richest man on earth a little bit annoyed with the bully treatment, huh, you wonder what's going to happen. He has said that he's going to be going out and getting lawyers. He's... Looking, he says Tesla is building a hardcore litigation department where we directly initiate and execute lawsuits. The team will report to dire- directly to me, and he says, "Yes, I am out for blood." Elon Musk is out for blood. You have antagonized Elon Musk, deep state, and so let's let's just see what what starts happening here. And I've I've got more more Elon I want to be covering here, but let's get to saying hello on the phone lines, and Gary West Point, I assume, in Aurora, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, the thing I was
3: going to bring up, well, I'm, I'm glad people are talking and doing something about this nonsense of joining all these organs. There's only one reason all these people want us in their organizations, and it's because we've got a president who's a complete idiot, who is do- doling out money that my kids and their kids are going to be paying for.
2: To Ukraine. And they
3: want to get as much as they can out of his pockets and ours before he's gone. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, 51 here, 50 billion here, 40 billion to Ukraine, which is now, I, I think we can write it off, basically. Uh, I mean, from a standpoint of of, of the war.
2: Well, how much did we write off in Afghanistan? And how much hardware did we leave in Afghanistan, West Point? I mean... Well, that's that's what yeah. I'm worried about. I'm I'm worried about them
3: actually buying this stuff or getting this stuff, have it sitting on the
2: airport again,
3: and having it just picked up and taken out of there.
2: This and time to, to the Russians. And
3: everybody else.
2: Yeah. Huh? This time the Russians maybe get a hold of all this hardware, or whatever we're sending over there.
3: Yeah, so. I, that, that's exactly it. And and they all just want a piece of the action before he is gone to wherever he's going.
2: It's just a warped set of priorities somehow that puts America last. And somehow yeah. the politicians are rewarded for it. The military industrial complex is rewarded for it. And, uh, you know, we're just along for the ride. We're servants. We are living a life of servitude, in my opinion. And we've got to crack through this somehow.
3: I think we have to shut off the bank. Shut down the bank that he is running out on his own that that that's a he's doing it half ninety percent of the time without anybody even knowing about it so
2: and it might be doing anyway, it itself it. I mean look at the look at the economy all arrows pointing south stagflation inflation go down the list the Fed is too late to try to solve some of these problems as ever well I knew
3: I knew that he was full of hypocrisy when you you want to buy oil from this guy, that guy, Venezuela, whoever, wherever, and you won't even let the people in this country drill for it. The yeah, hypocr- so hypocrisy
2: we're, is we're, that we're begging it, the world for oil, West Point, yeah. and we're begging the world for baby formula. This is Biden's I, America. How do we like it? I
3: guess the ecological situation can be kind of put in the background. You just shut off ours. And go to all these other places.
2: Yeah, nice. At any rate, <laughs> well, West Point, you are the man as ever, and honored to have did a distinguished I, did I
3: get a free ticket. To the, uh, the oh, Republican I haven't
2: Trump? done the announcement yet. That's a uh, that's oh, that's coming up soon, though. Look out! I'll I'll, I'll keep my ear to. Okay, the I may just...
3: even break down and pay to go to the thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, it's certainly worth the investment, but it's it's kinda of fun to have a few extras we can dole out around here for the Western Conservative Summit. But uh
3: okay. it won't
2: be long. It won't be long. I'll be getting the I'll be given the signal to, to press to press go on that. Anyway oh, okay. West Point. All the best to you, sir. Thank you for Thank checking you. in all these years, as I always say. And it uh, looks like I don't quite have time to say hello to Dave, but Dave will be coming back around the corner here. And uh, yeah, Western Conservative Summit is uh, in about uh, two weeks from now, and it's going to be great. And I have a bit more to throw in on this Elon Musk scenario, and we'll be talking to everybody when we come back around the corner. It's Matt Dunn here, it is Backbone Radio, and we'll be right back. Now more Backbone Radio with Matt
0: Dunn, News Talk 710 KNUS, Denver's local talk leader.
2: Right on, it's Backbone Radio back in action here. And yeah, Elon Musk tweeted this out on May 18th, quote, In the past, I voted Democrat because they were mostly the kindness party, but they have become the party of division and hate so I can no longer support them and will vote Republican. Now, watch their dirty tricks campaign against me unfold. And he tweeted a popcorn emoji there. So he knows they're going to do the dirty tricks on him. And yeah, the day after he tweeted that, hey, get ready for more personal attacks and dirty tricks against me. Yeah, some absurd sexual harassment claim pops up against him. And of course, the Ministry of Truth popped up, and it's being evolved as we speak. The Ministry of Truth popped up the moment Elon Musk bought Twitter and talked about free speech being a priority. He's also talking about, oh, there's an awful lot more bots on Twitter than I thought. I want information on this. And then Paraga, Paraga, what's his name, Agrawal, said, oh, we can't give you that info. We don't have that information. I said, oh, really? Yeah, well, I want that information, actually. Parag, I'd like the info... Parag, and uh, mm, maybe if there's 25% bots on Twitter, the price needs to go down 25% for Elon's pending purchase of Twitter. I love this. (laughs) Twitter is in potentially hot water with the SEC if they've misrepresented their actual human users to uh, their advertisers. Mm. Meanwhile, Project Veritas uh, james o 'Keefe, you remember that guy who 's always exposing people he got He got banned from Twitter about a year ago anyway he 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 got the microphones in front of some some Twitter executives and um, this one Alex Martinez, a twitter uh, high up advertising guy lead client partner for Twitter advertising was quoted as saying elon has asperger, so he 's special he 's going off." ripping people with Asperger's, this Twitter guy, this main Twitter exec, ripping people with Asperger's, oh my gosh, while also coming out and saying that, no, 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 we don't believe in free speech at Twitter, we don't believe in free speech uh, at Twitter, it's not a free speech platform. So, good grief, folks, there's a lot of exposure here, and Siru Marugasan, a senior engineer, at Twitter comes up saying it's a hard left culture here we 're hard left people at Twitter. We do not want free speech, and we do not uh, we're, we're worried for our jobs with Elon showing up and really an amazing sight to see the true partisan hack leftist face of Twitter right now and all Elon has said is he 'd like to have some free speech and he would like algorithm transparency, and he feels that we need a trusted a trusted town square in which the American people and the people of the world can debate issues. And yes, as I've been saying, the corrupt tyrants, the corrupt ruling class, the last thing they can ever allow is free speech because they couldn't survive it because their power is illegitimate. And Twitter is an absolute wasteland gulag, which is controlled by bots and propagandists, and they know exactly how to run their algorithms to marginalize voices, yes, like us here at Backbone Radio and anyone else who is basically, you know, thinking normal thoughts about being an American citizen, loving their country, and so forth. Got that? That's a it's 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 a complete distorted prism, the Twitter world, and they're not about to let go of it. Gonna be fascinating to see how this plays out because Elon does not like to be bullied. He has said he is out for blood and he's looking for really, really tough vicious lawyers to fight back. And I'm just thinking, man, this is great. This is great. Maybe we'll get to the coup de grace on the ruling class. But again, he's taken on the deep state. He's taken on, Oh, the Intel agencies are all over. They're embedded in Twitter. That's just my supposition and taking them on can get dicey, but he's showing the courage to do it. He says he's still committed to be buying Twitter. And so let's see what happens folks. Very, Very exciting. It is a hero story, and it is the most optimistic thing I have seen, really, since Trump won in 2016. And watch them. The deep state's going to try to take Elon down the way they try to take Trump down. Trump never gave up, never quit fighting. His fight goes on, and he might just be our next president. (laughs) Roger Kimball, the new Criterion editor, predicts that on American Greatness. I've got the article here. He's really encouraged to see what Elon is up to. So um, I don't know. Trump has taken him down several pegs and maybe Elon, the world's richest man, can help take him down a few more pegs. And Biden, the Biden train wreck ruining this country is making them even weaker. Oh, I think I think we're getting them. I think we're getting around the corner. Am my is my optimism unfounded? What do you think? I I think good things are happening, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the Western conservative summit. By the way, should we throw it out, Javier? Are you ready to pick up phones? All right. How about this? The Western Conservative Summit, and I'm off to the phone lines here, but the Western Conservative Summit is coming up on June 3rd and June 4th down at the Gaylord. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Kayleigh McEnany, Tulsi Gabbard. Love her. Love Tulsi Gabbard. Alan West, Betsy DeVos, Cal Thomas, Matt Walsh, Lauren Boebert. Go down the list. A bunch of great um, luminaries will be there And if you call in, if you're the next caller, yes, let's give you a free two-day summit pass. You win a two-day summit pass to attend Friday, June 3rd, June 4th at the Gaylord. And uh, yes, that's where the Rebel Alliance, we're going to meet, we're going to hang out, and we're going to plot to save this nation. Let's say hello to Dave in Centennial. And Dave, thank you for checking in. Welcome. Hey
4: Matt, got a couple of things. One uh, question on the rumble that the station had, and a information on the monkey virus. Did anybody in your audience attend or hear the information coming out of the rumble? I was curious as to the responses that both uh, Joe Day and uh, Ron Hanks had. Both of them, when questioned with regard to the abortion issue. Joe Day actually said he and his wife prayed on it, and they would have voted for the Schumer initiative. And Ron Hanks could not give a straight answer like he hasn't been able to do on a lot of stuff regarding where his position was. That's item number one. Interesting. Number two, I was listening to your station uh, last night, and you have the guy on, on 710 and has the deep voice he had he's always has these interesting people on but he had this uh retired in uh intelligence uh colonel on and he stated that back in 2019 they had a conference in europe regarding the possibility of a virus hitting the united states 2020, we got the virus. Yeah, They had the same conference in 2021 about the monkey virus going worldwide. Guess what we have now?
2: The monkey virus. Well, yeah, the monkey pox. And I need to dig into this. Um, Apparently, it's a little bigger in Canada. And um, there's a big push to give the WHO more powers to uh, govern the world in a pandemic scenario. And I opened this hour on that. Not um, a pretty picture, and I am not for that at all. Not one inch of sovereignty should we be ceding to any bureaucratic organization, period. But um, these, the things you're talking about, I would say check Brockler tomorrow on that. I haven't heard much about the rumble, personally. And um, regarding this issue, I mean, get ready for more of this, and you know the left's going to come up with something heading into November 2022. They're going to have to, or else... As Chuck Todd says at NBC, they will get a big shellacking. So, Dave, good points to be continued on all of that. Thanks for raising those issues. Let's say hello to Jack, Wyoming Jack, my man. How are you, sir?
5: Matt, you're over the most important target of the week, and that's the issue with the International Health Organization ending into agreements with Biden. Biden as president of the United States cannot enter into any kind of an agreement whatsoever with any other group or foreign organization or foreign countries without getting the advice and consent of the Senate. Period. Point blank nothing. Now he can enter into an agreement but it's not binding. It becomes it becomes a sub uh, uh, uh a sub uh, level. It's not a binding Agreement. Okay? It's more so like a suggestion. He, he can, enter and he can yeah. sign anything he wants to, but it's not binding. It's not binding unless the Senate ties into it. So that's not going to go anywhere. That's not going to go anywhere. But in about in the fifties, the Organization for Economic Cor- Cooperation and Development was one of these one of these organizations that was started years ago, and I'm sure Hillary Clinton was involved in it. And their push was is to get all these countries to, to give. Open and free audits of all the bank bank accounts and all the countries showing foreign deposits. Now you know perfectly well we, and that's his up uh, agreement right there. Unless unless you get the damn thing ratified by the Senate, and we never did enter into it. And the reason why the other, other countries wanted to enter into it is because all these corrupt countries in South America. America and Central America, all over the world, all the corrupt countries, anywhere on the globe, they put all their money in in, in jurisdictions where they have a, a reliable legal system. That would be the United States, that yep. would be the UK, it would be the Isle of Man, yep. because people do not, even crooks, do not want to put their money in their own countries because they're corrupt. And, and so, in other words, so we would never enter into the OECD's... Uh, what it thing was deposits in our country. We never would tolerate that. Jack, good that. point. But I keep going. Of
2: it. Here comes the wall. But thank you, Jack. Thank you, my man. Stay close. More
0: than just headlines. This is Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn. News Talk 710.
2: And yes, because of our glitch in our bumper music system, we won't be having our sacred song. We finish out every Backbone Radio, every Sunday show, 4 to 7 p.m., with a sacred number usually going back until our bluegrass country music passed so many glorious sacred songs to choose from there, but they'll be back. Eventually we're going to get this one conquered. (laughs) And anyway, thanks to all of the abundant texts to studio coming in and thanks for the massive phone call volume for those Western conservative summit uh, passes that we gave out tonight. And Javier, did, did you get that handled properly? Did you uh, chat to some fine patriotic Americans out there in Backbone Country? So we gave out three of them right on. And, yeah, that, that is a value. But, you know, as I said, as I talked to West Point Gary, it's worth you know, just forking over the actual dollars to keep and sustain these great events. And that's coming up again June 3rd and June 4th. And going to be a lot of glorious, glorious individuals there. And, yeah, I'll I'll be there for much of it. And I just hope to say hello to folks. And every year I get to go around giving high fives. And it's just so much fun. It's just the right people. It's the cool, cool place to be. And, by the way, I did have one one note that's – this is a note of disappointment tonight. (laughs) And I must just share it. And that is Chris Wallace. You know Chris Wallace, the – insufferable chris wallace formerly of fox news he quit fox news sunday and man was that just the greatest thing ever And he went over to cnn plus and then cnn plus promptly folded collapsed went six feet under and chris wallace resigned but then i see this news that oh chris wallace is going to have a weekly show And it will be on HBO Max. I guess he's going to have a show on HBO Max. And they're going to run it on CNN on Sundays. Oh! Oh! Let us us just bend our heads and share a moment of sorrow that Chris Wallace has not, in fact, totally gone away. He is still going to linger around a little bit longer. And this, I find this just... uh, Extremely disappointing that Chris Wallace, on Sunday no less, that's, that's Backbone Day. And I, I'm going to have to keep dealing with, with Chris Wallace, the insufferable human being. I'm going to have to still deal with all of his nonsense. Anyway, that, uh, I guess, is just something that I would share with you. And not that we're all going to spend time watching HBO Max or even CNN, but just one of those things. One thing I was going to point out, we had some music from Vangelis tonight, the Greek composer, the soundtrack guy. He passed away this week, RIP to Vangelis. And if you watched a movie basically anywhere from the 1980s on to the present day, you've probably listened to hours and hours of Vangelis music. Anyway, we just, we just wish him, his family, the best, and that his music really was quite wonderful. He did Blade Runner. If you remember the soundtrack to that, boy, the Blade Runner soundtrack, the original Blade Runner. My gosh, was that great. And uh, go down the list on what he did. But the, my favorite Vangelis soundtrack music was to The Bounty. Anybody ever see the 1984 version of The Bounty? That music, and I have that uh, that music. It was in the system. We didn't get to play it uh, even on Vangelis' uh, R.I.P. night. But if you, you should maybe consider watching that movie, The Bounty, sometime. And it had the most amazing all-star cast you could ever have. Some of these stars were early on in their career. Um, Mel Gibson, before he was a big star, he played the lead role. He played Fletcher Christian. And Liam Neeson had a big role before he was like anybody in this 1984 movie. Sir Lawrence Olivier, yes, he was in there. He was already very distinguished. Anthony Hopkins, another Sir Anthony Hopkins played Captain Bly. And I have to tell you this, that I'm a bit of a film buff, and I like all the arty, art house kind of stuff, and, well, everything else, too. Dr. Strange, just saw that one, and I panned it earlier in the show. But Anthony Hopkins, that is some of the best acting I have ever seen in any film, ever, is Anthony Hopkins playing Captain Bly in uh, The Bounty from 1984. Yes, with the Evangelist's soundtrack and then throw in a little uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was also when it's before he was anybody how how, I mean, how do you get that many people Bernard Hills in there a bunch of other some of the minor roles are played by by actors that went on to big things and anyway for years I tried to get that movie on Blu-ray and it just wasn't out they had a DVD of it but you could not get the Blu-ray and it was kind of uh somehow never formally appreciated by uh, by the, I don't know the movie going world in some way. I mean, it was very successful at the time. But anyway, what a great movie! It's now out on Blu Ray, but you had to get it from France. Anyway, just a little insider info there. That that's uh, that's one of the ones you might you might consider giving a little look at at some point. But anyway, we've traced a bit of that arc of Elon Musk here today, and could that not be more clear, more transparent? That uh, you you go around and touch one of these uh, prison bars and then they're going to try to electrocute you. You touch that, you might think you're free, but oh no, when you become a threat to the regime, look what they do. A, sex, a spurious sex charge somehow lands on him. They've created the Ministry of Truth, which has evolved from Nina Jankowitz all the way over to Skeletor. Michael Chertoff has come back. These people never go away. Chris Wallace, I thought he had gone away. But he hasn't, totally. And um, Michael Chertoff, I thought he went away with Bush. But no, he's still out there lingering around doing stuff. In the belly of the military-industrial complex, the guy that wrote the Patriot Act, which created the surveillance state that we live in. And by the way, I should mention this, that the, uh, the Jack Carr new novel out, the new thriller called In the Blood, I've read the first half of it. I've already gotten halfway through it. I wasn't able to make it to his event at the Tattered Cover. I've got too many kids to, like, do stuff like that. And, um, and plus, I was out in the snowstorm. <laughs> I had somebody text me in, tweet the studio, a, uh, a great picture of this individual. Where is it? Uh, I've got it here. Picture of this individual, this, this alert listener with uh, Jack Carr. And he was just in town at the Tattered Cover, but so far I'm finding this book quite fascinating, quite interesting, as only Jack Carr can write him. And the surveillance state plays a big part in uh, in this new Jack Carr, former Navy SEAL uh, book. Like I said, he was raised by a librarian and went on to be a Navy SEAL, but he's always been a reader and a writer and his books are, I mean, how many Navy SEALs can actually write their own stuff and actually really, really do it? He's, he's the one that can do it. And he's got me thinking about the surveillance state in a way that uh, definitely raises my eyebrows even higher than they already have been. <laughs> so I do recommend, I mean, uh, you, you could start at Terminal List. I guess there's going to be an Amazon Prime TV series about Terminal List which is Jack Carr's first book that starts on July first, um, but uh, Terminal List that that's going to be a classic. That's the first three books I think by Jack Carr are going to be absolute classics. And you kind of and I think you can learn a lot about American military history and combat history and um, and it kind of has helped me to realize that. And this, I've talked about this a bit during this program that we do not have the luxury of laying down our swords, ladies and gentlemen. We are under siege. This country is under siege. And just normal mainstream middle of the road Americans like yours truly. Elon Musk says he's a moderate. And yes, believe it or not, we are moderates around here. We are moderate Republicans, which means moderate normal Americans. And um but the but we are under siege. There's been a fanatic group of weirdos, freaks that have somehow gotten in power. They're obsessed with power. They're doing everything they can to screw this place, wreck up, wreck this country and somehow install all the power into their own personal, their own personal wallets and status and whatever else you want to call it. And we have got to realize that you have to be in a form of political combat right now. You, you have to be in the game. The stakes are very high right now. And we've got them on the ropes. We really do. They've lost their confidence. They left the ruling class. They've lost their confidence. And as Jennifer Harris has said, you know, okay, what are they going to pull next? They get nervous. They get dangerous. What are they going to pull? Keep an eye out for monkeypox, yeah? All right. Backbone Radio signing off. I'll be out next Sunday. Randy Corcoran will be here